Stories from a Hard Place is an anthology podcast. Every Thursday, R.A. Jacobson presents another story from a hard place, read by the author. Stories of loneliness and betrayal, of false hope and shattered dreams, of gifts and regrets, of love and accidental kindness. Each story follows a separate path that leads to the realization that sometimes the only solution is a lead pill. Listener discretion is advised. Contains strong language, violence, and some adult situations. Episode 19, Tired of Living. What is the cost of breathing? What is the price of a breath? How much would you pay to live longer? Even one more breath. What is that worth? How can it be measured? How can it be calculated? He sat on his porch, coffee in hand, and watched the morning. He was up early today, earlier than he had been in weeks. It was just after seven. His wife was still upstairs in bed. There was time. No need to disturb her yet. For most of his life, his days had started at 6 a.m. The alarm clock was set and was never changed. Even on weekends, he maintained his routine. Now, in retirement, his routine had slipped. He hated it. He still woke at six, but with nothing to do, with no one waiting for him, he would roll over and sleep a bit more. Sometimes for 15 minutes, more often it was an hour or more. His wife had continued her routine, up at seven to put coffee on. This morning she was tired and stayed in bed. He had slipped out of the bedroom and made his own coffee and sat on the porch. What he hated most since retiring was that the consistent event of his life was funerals. There seemed to be one every month. There was one this morning. That was the reason for his early rising. He had another funeral to go to. It wasn't even a friend. It was a one-time workmate he vaguely remembered. He looked at the photo of the man in the obituary. He looked familiar, but age had taken so much. Ben, Ben something. He checked the name, Ben Moore. It didn't ring a bell. Maybe he never knew his last name. Hell, perhaps he didn't even know him at all. He had worked for nearly 40 years at the company. He could think of only six people he knew. Six! Of the over 200 employees in the office he had worked at. And he could only think of six. He looked at the dead man's face. He looked tired. Tired and old. Everyone looked so old. A couple of weeks ago he'd gone to a funeral of a classmate from high school. The photo that had been placed on the easel was of a smiling, happy, fat old woman with bad hair. He had looked at that face trying to find the girl he had known in high school. He hadn't had any success. He had walked in. A lot of people had been standing around talking quietly. He had recognized no one. In the corner were several corkboards with photos of her life. He walked to them. She had had a nice life, nothing fancy, just a life, 
laughter and smiles, a husband, kids, grandkids, all the things you're supposed to have to have a happy life. Now she was dead. Later that afternoon, back at home, sitting in his porch, he pulled out his yearbooks and looked for her. When he found her, he was surprised. He had known her. They had actually dated. How had he forgotten? As he stared at the small black and white photo of her, memories came back to him. She had been so cute, a tiny, shy blonde with a habit of looking through her hair. He had found it very exciting. He looked at her photo for a long time. Moments with her drifted in his mind. They had had some fun. He looked at her photo in the funeral program. He stared hard at the face, at the round, plump, wrinkled face. Yes, she was there, in the eyes he found her. Lost in the wrinkles, he stared at her eyes, remembering the moments he had shared with that sweet young girl. He cried then. Cried for a thing lost. He cried for a thing he didn't even really know he had had. Frustrated with himself, he angrily wiped the tears away. He looked around to see if anyone had seen him cry. No one had. The street was empty. He stared at the photo. Then he flipped to his own yearbook photo. There he was, so young, so timid, so skinny. Had he changed as much as she had? He rose and went into the house. In the bathroom, he stared at his face. No, he was there. He could see himself. Then he looked back at the yearbook photo of himself. With a shock, he realized he was unrecognizable as that young man. He had changed that much. Gravity and fat had rendered him unrecognizable. His face swelled and had been pulled down. If he were honest with himself, he looked like a melted apple head. His back spasmed. Wincing, he groaned in pain. He had been leaning forward over the sink too long. Hands on his lower back, eyes pressed shut, he slowly straightened. The yearbook slid off the vanity onto the floor. He resisted the impulse to catch it. He knew to reach for it would cause him pain for the next couple of weeks. Instead, he watched the book slip to the floor, landing face up. You and us, it read. He had never understood what that meant until that very moment. Oh, shit, you and us. That's what it says. All these years he hadn't known. He walked painfully back to the porch and sat heavily in his chair and looked at the street. It seemed he had watched it forever. I hate being old, he said to the street, feeling guilty for saying it. His dad's words came back to him. Be grateful for getting older. Many people don't get that gift. He wondered if he was grateful when he died in a dirty, run-down old folks' home in wet diapers, unable to recognize anybody, being fed baby food by a surly woman who hated her job and took it out on him? Was he grateful to still be alive then? Every other week he went to visit his father in the home he had found him. He felt it was his duty as a son. He sat and talked about his life, what was happening, and what he was planning. The last time he was there, he had yammered on, then he stopped. What was the point? He sat there looking at what had been his father, now a smelly, drooling nothing. He stood and left. 
He didn't look back, and he never returned. A few months later, he got a call that his dad had passed away. He had walked through the preparations, the funeral and the wake, never crying, never even feeling sad. For him, the funeral was just a much belated formality. His dad had died many years before. He looked at the empty cup in his hand. He looked at the dead street and considered if he wanted another cup. No, it would just make for a long night. He put the cup on the deck beside him. He looked at the empty street. Far off, a woman walked past being pulled by a dog. His neighbor, three doors down, came out in a robe for the paper. His neighbor's legs were very pale and skinny. He stood slowly, his hip complained, as it always did. Turning to go in, he remembered the empty cup. Bending to pick it up, he felt his back spasm and the pain hit him. He winced and decided he could leave the cup for now. He turned back to the door. It was horribly quiet in the house. There was a time when quiet was wonderful. It was something to be sought. A time he wished for and could only find treasured minutes to cling to. Now it was a terrible thing. It surrounded him, an all-consuming void. It hung off him like a heavy, wet blanket. It pushed him down, forcing all the air from his lungs and made his breath come in short, shallow gasps. He moved through the dark, silent house. Only the squeaks and groans of the old floorboards broke the quiet, and then only enough to make the quiet worse. A thought crossed his mind. Somewhere, he had a box his wife had squirreled away, full of photos. He was sure he knew where she had put it. An hour later, he was still looking. He had run out of places to look. Now he was revisiting closets and drawers, some for the third time or even the fourth time. He stood in their bedroom and looked at her, the blanket tied up to her chin. He tried to imagine where she would have put it. He walked back to the first place he'd looked, the closet in their bedroom, and there it was. The box he had spent an hour looking for was right there. How had he not seen it? He pulled it down and quietly left the room. In the kitchen, he made himself another coffee and a fresh mug. He took the coffee and the box of photos out to the porch and sat. The view hadn't changed much, a little activity, but not much. This had always been a quiet street. He took a sip and opened the box. In the box was his life, broken into stills, separated by months, sometimes by years, and in no order. He put the box down and pulled out a handful of photos and sat back. The first was a square black and white print of him and his wife on a beat somewhere. He was holding her. She had her head back, pressed against him. She was smiling at him with that smile he knew so well. He remembered the photo, but couldn't remember the time. He stared at it. His wife would remember. She always did. He put the photo aside and looked at the next. This was a Polaroid, its color bright and almost garish. It was out of focus, but he remembered its story. It was a photo of him and his best friend on a fishing trip. It had been a wonderful holiday, just the two of them. He smiled at the memory, trying to remember what lake they had gone to. Wait, they hadn't gone alone. Who took the photo? Then he realized who the third person had been. He was, what was his name? It was a plain name, John. Yes, John. A flood of memories came to him. He remembered what he had worked hard to forget. 
The day the photo had been taken was the last day of their fishing trip. They had been laughing and drinking. They had closed up camp, and John had driven off on his own. He never made it home. He had lost control of the car on a corner, smashing into the side of a logging truck. He died there. How had he forgotten? He felt so guilty. They had been drinking. He had pushed for one last drink, one last drink. He pushed the photo back in the box and looked at the next. This one was creased. It was an old photo, sepia and faded, with scalloped edges. It was of himself, maybe 15 or 16, down on one knee, his arms around a big German shepherd. It was Hunter, his best friend for many years. They had been inseparable. He was with him when he discovered girls and was there when he got his heart broken. But it was Hunter who truly broke his heart. It wasn't long after this photo was taken, Hunter stopped eating. His hips were hurting him, and he no longer wanted to go out in the fields. Grandma said it was time. He hadn't understood at first. You don't want him to suffer, do you? She asked. No. Well, Grandpa's got a lead pill for him. He won't be hurting no more. You just stay with me and Grandpa will take old Hunter for a walk. He never saw Hunter again. His grandma gave him some static about crying. Get over it. It's just a dog. Man up, she said. He had never stopped thinking about Hunter. He looked at that photo for a long time. Hours passed. With each photo, he fell into the past. He was amazed at the events that came to him. So many people he had forgotten. So many things that had happened that he had not thought about in years. Some good, some bad. Some memories he had that he told people about were wrong. He had been telling about events that hadn't happened the way he remembered. They had changed, sometimes in small ways, like in that game of broken telephone. Others, he wasn't even sure that happened at all. He wove through the past, each photo pulling him one way then the other. When he looked up, the sun was low. The day had slipped by unnoticed. He put the photos away and sat back in his chair. He took a sip of his now cold coffee. Staring at the street, he felt a sadness settle on him. It wasn't a new thing. It had always been there, just a step away, just a thought away, a shadow he pushed back all his life. Now it came to him, heavy and thick. Knowledge that entered his mind and broke him. His life could have been so much more. He always took the safe route, always. Every step had been about what his parents thought, what his friends thought, never about what he thought, what he wanted. He looked at the street, nearly dark now. Soon the street lights will come on. It was getting cooler. He pushed himself to his feet. It was time to go in. He picked up the box of photos, looked at the coffee cups, turned and went inside, leaving them where they were. The house was quiet. He thought about his wife, all tucked in. He put the photos down on the coffee table and went upstairs. There was still a tiny amount of light coming in from the bedroom window. It was the end of magic hour, that time of golden light, the street bathed in the dying sun. 
It looked as good as it ever did, a wash in gold. He smiled at the sight. He looked down at his wife, pushed the hair from her forehead, and adjusted the blankets. Her forehead was cool. He turned the thermostat up. In the bathroom, he took care of his nightly routine. When he returned to the bed, it was dark outside. The room had warmed some. He smiled as he crawled into bed with his wife, happy to join her. He still loved her after all these years. He spooned her, and with a sigh, he closed his eyes. hope you've enjoyed Tired of Living. Tune in next week for Radio SHP 666, Back Road Radio, the voice of Hard Place. Music by Noah Zachron. Production copyright by R.A. Jacobson 2021. If you would like to support Stories from a Hard Place, please go to patreon.com forward slash hard place. If you'd like a book version, either ebook or print, you can find it on Amazon. You can find links to all these and much more at Dead Cat Studio. That's deadcatstud.io. Thanks for listening. Keep the shiny side up. <laughs>